Hi everyone, George Connolly here and I'm joined with Mitch Whelan from the Golf and Flying Stars and our guest this week is Vicky Leonard from the Kick Collective. Vicky's kindly joined us um, to talk about the launch of the Light Up for Racing campaign here in the USA. Thank you very much for joining us, Vicky. Um, I suppose it would be good to start with a bit of background about yourself. You're a former Golf and Flying Star trainee and a graduate now, so if you could give us a bit of information, that would be great. Well, I finished uh, Flying Start in 2011. So a little while ago now, um, after graduating, I worked for Arrowfield Stud in, based in the Sydney office. Um, at the time, John Massara was chairman of Racing Australia and chairman of Racing South Wales. So it was a really good period of um, progress and change for the New South Wales industry with uh, initiatives like the championships getting uh, pushed underway. Racefields legislation had just been won, which was a monumental case and allowed prize money to to start to shift um, not long before the, the AJC and the STC had merged to form the ATC. So there was a lot of positive progress happening in the New South Wales industry and, and John was at the forefront of that. So I was lucky enough to spend seven years there uh, working very closely with him on industry projects but also uh, was marketing manager at the time. And um, during that time I studied for you know my MBA and really came across a cohort of people that didn't know racing. Um, obviously, they were a pretty smart, young, diverse group of people in the industry, uh, not in the industry, and really was pretty shocked by their perception of the industry, about the perception of racing. There'd been a, a couple of deaths in the Melbourne Cup um, during that period, and there was to be uh, a couple more soon after. And it really was a, a period of great... Um, pressure put on our industry for basically, I suppose, the one race that people give a toss about. <laughs> we were letting the industry down um, by having these deaths. So through that period, it really raised, you know, the issue that, you know, our industry had to sort itself out and it had to really start to positively uh, take a look at how we could be addressing perception and being proactive about a strategy to, to sort it out. So I started up Kick Collective um, and the, the Thoroughbred Daily News Australia New Zealand, which is now the Thoroughbred Report with another graduate, Gary King, at the same time. Um, and, and four years into establishing those businesses, we, we started Kick Up, which is a not-for-profit aimed at um, perception marketing uh, to the Australian demographic. And that's very much about empowering the grassroots of the industry with the right messages with key with with key facts, key figures uh, based in science, to be able to answer difficult questions and awkward questions when they're faced by their peers or their family. So yeah, we launched that in in, in 20, uh, 2022. So it's been going now for eighteen months, and was approached by Price Bell, uh, Roderick Watchman, Jason Litt, and 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 Dr. Jeff Burke to look at a similar initiative in America. And so that's that's light up racing, which is kind of brings me to today. <laughs> brings us right here today. So we're in Lexington, uh, like George touched on, currently at John of our farm, and you're lucky enough to have Vicky here with us. So light up racing's obviously developed from kick up. Um, kick up's really taken off. Obviously, I, I follow them on Instagram personally, and if you don't, you should. Um, but light up is it going to follow the same sort of model, or is it slightly different, more tailored to the American market? Yeah, there's certainly different challenges here. Um, we, we all know the, the the huge issues that over the last several years uh, with fatalities on the track has caused a major problem. Now, 
um, the perception challenges between here and Australia are different. Some of them, a lot of them are similar, and, and some of them are different. So Light Up will have a bit of a different lens put on it to kick up in areas where probably Australia's doing a bit better. We'll put a bit more emphasis on in America to try and um, push that. Um, but also there's, there's equally, there's just different nuances and there's different areas to tap into. So the, the, one of the great things about the American industry is there are programs like, you know, the, the UK equine program where the, there's great um, groups of people properly educated that really want to get out there and defend the industry. So we can start with the grassroots of, of, of um, track riders, of people on farms. Um, also, of course, you know, the leaders the, behind the scenes as well, but empowering those people with the messages, with the right information to be able to go and have those conversations that are going to help our industry progress and grow. And something which I saw um, around the times that I was uh, difficulties were having with the uh, Melbourne Cup and his perception was I was seeing a Delta Goodwin as a pro racing supporter was having issues with abuse on social media for, for supporting racing and, and you accessed her account and, and dispelled those uh, those incorrect um I suppose, uh, you know, the, the, the abuse she was getting and, and dispelled those myths. Uh, is that something you think you could you could do here in terms of providing more information about the health and safety um, and obviously the new rules which HISA have incorporated to, to help American racing and make it safer? Yeah, I mean, totally. I think one of the challenges is there's a lot of information out there and a lot of it's quite scientific and we don't know what to believe, even those of us in the industry. So the people that are outside it that are actually trying to understand what's going on, it's near impossible to sort through all the information. So that's a big part of what we're about. There's sort of four um, key areas that we'll touch on with the campaign. So one, of course, is addressing that misinformation, and that's really empowering us as an industry to actually be able to go out there and talk properly, constructively, not driven by emotion but with rational thought, um, about what we're doing and, and about how our industry is progressing to make sure that the horses' equine welfare is, is at the forefront of every decision that's being made. So the first one, yeah, is that addressing misinformation and, and combating mistruths and, and, and the, the lies that are put out there. But the second thing that's really important as well is amplifying the positive stuff. And there is an amazing amount of wonderful stories. There's, there's great um, initiatives just every day on these farms. You're what you guys are seeing and what um, people that are working on farms are experiencing is very foreign to, to the everyday person, to the to the general public. And we need to start getting better at really bringing that to them. So that second part of amplifying uh, positive messages is really important. The third area is around community support, and that's where we'll be doing workshops. Um, a lot of, We do a lot of workshops uh, teaching the industry how to communicate, how to speak to their friends about racing, um, how to manage media in a crisis, how to manage social media because it can get really heated and get really emotional. So there's certain strategies around how to get those messages out there properly. So that community supports um, really important. And then the fourth area is working with leaders to push for change and showing that you guys, everyone in the grassroots, can do things to really encourage the leaders in the industry to be better. And to be honest, you know, if we get this, this power and this army of people all on the same hymn sheet, pushing for the same goals, that's when real change can happen. So, yeah, it's exciting. And, and I think that cross-section of different approaches is going is really important to make sure that it's not just about combating mistruths, but also about addressing that, yeah, our industry's not perfect and there's things that need to be done, but they are in progress. And some of them, this is what we're looking at and this is how it's 
this is how we can engage with that message. Excellent. Oh, that's uh, touching some really good points there. Um, and obviously you're over here for, um, to launch the campaign. What have you got planned over for your trip and what's on the itinerary? So it's pretty jam-packed, this trip, with uh, meeting with key stakeholders to explain the concept. What we've got ready, so the website will launch on Monday. We're kicking off with just 12 common questions that people are asked, um, but we'll be building that out. We've got about 70 there for the vets to work through, so we've got a panel of vets that are sort of they're providing all the research and, and the first drafts, and then it's up to sort of my team to make it palatable to the everyday person because some of the vet talk is pretty heavy yeah, and it's quite hard to understand. And then we've also got to make it eye-catching and fun. So we do reels, you know, we do Instagram carousels, we do things that are shareable um, so that people want to engage with it. So the first thing is getting that up. So Common Questions, is got the, on that website, it's a PR hub so that you can go in there and learn a little bit yourself about social media management, about, okay, Dan, there is an issue here that we, I'm going to have to talk to my friends about. How can I better get prepared going into it? Um, the other thing is providing a spotlight on key areas um, to, to try and drive that change going forward. So the first one's the first spotlight's going to be on screening tools because um, there's a lot of different information out there about like, you know, whether it's go straight to diagnostics or, or is it to make sure that wearables are implemented. But then it's like, what actually is working? What's, what's good? What's going to be implemented going forward? And streaming that down to a point that it's like, okay, this is actually what we know for sure. Yeah. this is what the industry needs to get to and this is what you can do as an owner, as a trainer, as a stakeholder, as, as, a, as an employee to really help drive that change. So, yeah, the, the, the website launches on Monday. We've also got a function, an event at Phasing Tipton on Monday night. Um, then I've got uh, workshops teaching the some of the horse country tour leaders about communication techniques and how to answer difficult questions. Um, because, of course, they're a really interesting segue between the public and the industry. Uh, and then uh, groups with uh, training with a lot of the UK students and, and, and various um, training groups. So, yeah, it's going to be a pretty busy couple of weeks. You sort of mentioned, uh, like, a good example there was the horse country people. And like you mentioned earlier, the driven by emotion thing. I personally know it's sometimes if someone's sort of, like speaking for the Melbourne Cup sort of, they can wind you up the wrong way pretty quickly. And um, I probably don't have the right sort of tools to answer those questions quickly. How do you think we go about that? Like you sort of mentioned talking off the same hymn sheet. Do you sort of have the answers ready to go? Or can you sort of talk through how you'd answer a sort of a antagonising yeah, So say you're in a scenario, right, where yeah. you're in a barbecue and, and someone says, Dan, what did you do today? Oh, you know, I was, I was watching the Melbourne Cup or I was yeah. watch, watching racing. And like, oh, God, you know. What are you doing in getting involved in that sport? You yeah, know, that's exactly. a pretty common scenario, right, yeah. that I'd say nearly all of us have been in at some point or, or recently. And, and the, of course, the first thing there is to immediately try not to get defensive, and it's really hard not to, but you yeah. get better at, at practice. <laughs> Approach it from a, a perspective of curiosity because ultimately we want to learn what their concerns are so that we can get better at communicating it. So first thing is, is there's two qualifying questions that we always encourage you to ask. The first one is... I, that's acknowledge their feelings, so oh, I understand. I, I sense a bit of hesitancy there or a yeah. bit of concern about the industry. Can I ask um, where your specific concerns are? And then they might say something. What that question will do is it really helps determine where their value system lies because it could be anything. Like on a spectrum, it could be for some people it's you use whips. Yeah. For some people it's like 
oh, I heard that every horse that doesn't win the Melbourne Cup gets shot. And you, yeah. and you go, what? Yeah. You know, some other people could, could say, oh, I'm a vegan, so I don't agree. Well, that club, that person, you're probably not going to have a similar value system anyway. No. So you, you can kind of work out then how to approach it. The next question is, well, where did you get your information from? Yeah. And often they, that then forces them to think a little bit and they go, oh, I don't know, I guess I read it online. And then they can hear the absurdity a little bit of what they're saying really opens up to a positive conversation. Yeah. So what's really important in that first little, that first little exchange is acknowledge their emotion. Yeah. It's called tactical empathy, right? So it's saying, uh, it's, it's a really good tactic that Chris Voss uses. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you just say, I understand that you're feeling upset or, or I understand you have concerns. And it doesn't mean that you agree with that. But it immediately makes that person feel heard. It takes a lot of the emotion out of it. And then you can proceed with quite a rational conversation. Because ultimately then once you hear where their information's come from, you know, and say the concern is, um, you know, 10,000, this is one that they love to throw out in Australia, 10,000 horses are killed every year in the slaughterhouse. And you go, where did you get that information? They're like, oh, gosh, I'm not sure I heard that. Maybe on a placard out front of the race course. Yeah. So it's actually not possible because, you know, mathematically we wouldn't have a breed really quickly if that actually happened. But, and then you can go, look, I'll pull up the stats on my phone. And you can pull up the article saying what happens to horses when they finish racing and go, this is a scientific peer-reviewed paper. Here's yeah. the info, you know. Or if somebody, you know, what's quite interesting, you know, if they say, oh, I just don't agree with horse racing and they're really vague, that's a really frustrating one. Yeah, absolutely. And so with that question, you, you say... Okay, so it's interesting, you know, if you don't agree with horse racing, are you, you, are you a vegan? Are you a vegetarian? No, no, I eat, I eat meat. Um, okay, and do you have a pet? You know, and often, oh, well, you know, have you ever had a pet in your life? Yeah, yeah. So you're comfortable with animals being raised to be eaten? I guess I am, you know? And you're comfortable with animals being kept as a companion? Yeah. So you're comfortable with animals being used for a human purpose. That's what we're doing here, right? So these are athletes and call call these racehorses athletes yeah. respect them with those terms language is important you know racehorses yeah that they're just like you know animals that are bred for a certain purpose these horses are raised and born and and kept like kings because they have to be the in peak physical condition and the athletes that they were born and, and trained into so you start to have a really constructive conversation then. Yeah. And I reckon by the end of those conversations, I reckon nine times out of ten you could say, do you want to come to track work with me? And they would do it. Yeah. And that's when you really get to open up. And I tell you what, there wouldn't be many trainers that wouldn't embrace someone like that, being like, got someone who's a little bit suspicious about the industry, do you mind if I bring them along? Yeah, no, do it. You yeah. know, like ring up your trainer and go, do you mind if they come along? Do they mind if they pull out their phone and put up whatever they... You know, we know yeah, the way that these horses are treated and raised. And... They're gonna, it's going to blow their minds in a great way, you know, not in a, not in a bad way. Yeah. So that's how you can turn somebody from really coming from a place, and they realise pretty quickly that they're coming from a place of very little information when you ask them to tell you where their information has come from. Yeah. And then you can, you can turn it into a really constructive conversation quite quickly. Yeah, no, that, when you just actually, as, as you said that, when you said you get in, where did you get your information from, I think it's certainly one I'll use for the future. It makes a lot of sense. That first question to defining what their actual issue is, because I tell you, the, the, the space between aren't, what you can get there is enormous. I mean, just recently I was at a, at a lunch with a whole bunch of business owners for a, um, a business sort of consulting uh, consulting thing, and a, a group of them were like, we love racing, you know, we want to buy into a horse at Magic Millions. And I noticed one of them was just a little bit standoffish. I was like, what about you? Would you, you know, come into a horse? And she's like, oh, no, I don't agree with horse racing. 
And I was like, oh, okay, I love it now when I get there because I'm like, got a chance to learn something. I thought, okay, um, can you tell me, you know, what specifically or, or why do you think that, yeah. you know, that, that, that racing's an issue? And she said, I've got a rescue greyhound. I was like, of all the answers, like <laughs> I wasn't, a a, yeah, I wasn't expecting that. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, just, just wanted to, you know, like clarify what you've learned or where your information about the industry's come from, and she's like, oh, I've just seen it all, like, on the documentaries and things, that it's yeah. wrong. And I was like, okay, well, um, I know we just had some meats. Yeah, I know you're not a vegetarian, and you've just said that you've got a pet. So you're comfortable with animals being used for human purposes, like, to be eaten. Yeah. Well, thoroughbreds, you know, and these the, the animals that we're talking about are, are bred to be raised and, and raced. Like, that's their, that's their purpose is to be trained and, and kept as athletes. And I was like... And these horses are treated like kings, you know, like they have, they see a dentist, they get, you know, a new set of physios. shoes every month, they have physios. She was like starting to not believe me. And then someone who owned a horse chimed in and he's like, no, nah, you should see the vet bill that I get because of how often <laughs> yeah, they're exactly. getting looked at, you know. Yeah. So, no. very, I mean, she wasn't going to buy into the horse by yeah. the end of that conversation, but she'd come to the races now yeah. and she wouldn't have previously. Yeah, so that's where it's important to not go, oh, okay, I won't engage with that person, which yeah. is what I would have done before yeah. sort of embarking in, on, on sort of kick up and, 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 and getting educated and how to have this conversation. But now I like, you know, we, we get a bit excited when we come across somebody who, who's, not, who's not open-minded or, or not willing to, not comfortable with racing yeah. because, gosh, in the very worst situation where they won't come around, we tend to learn something about a big gap of information that we need to be filling. So yeah. you use it as a learning opportunity. But 90% of the time you end up just yeah. converting somebody and, and you've got somebody who's, who's now curious and got a balanced perspective about the industry. And like you said, it's not just about getting people into sort of ownership. It's about the whole sort of industry, whether or not they get to the races or just watch it on the TV. Like It's more than just that sort of sole ownership sort of I mean, ultimately, so much more to it. We've got to get to a point where the average person down the street is comfortable that we do the right thing by the horse. Mm. And, look, I don't know if even you and I can say that to, the, to, to 98% of the time right now. And that's where we need to get more accountability and, and, and bring in that culture of welfare as being a priority if it, if our industry to really thrive going yeah. forward, that needs to be something that we all prioritise and we all hold each other accountable for. And and when you see things that just aren't right, and and if you go that that just doesn't pass the pub test, that's what we'd say in yeah. Australia. <laughs> you know, or, you know that yeah. that just doesn't feel right. Call it out. You know, we're in an era now where like some of the behaviour that has been allowed to happen and let our industry get into this place isn't okay anymore. And you know what? It's our industry. I mean, I'm 36. I, I've got 40 more years, I hope, in this industry, yeah, and you guys even more. Yeah. So that culture of accountability around welfare is paramount that we have to drill in, and it's not there yet. No. No, and that sort of social licence is pretty much exactly what you're talking about with the... Exactly, yeah. And um, to build on that point there, which maybe industry participants um, could do a bit of a better job at, maybe in, it goes along with you touched on media training, you know, quite often you see um, a trainer or a jockey being interviewed and by no fault of their own, they say maybe the, the not the socially correct phrase. Um, like you see trainers sometimes referring to horses as great servants or jockeys saying, I got a couple of cracks into him. And, you know, there's nothing sinister in what they're saying, but it could be portrayed slightly differently um, and that would help stop the, the spread of misinformation, you know, and change the percep perception. But... It's not something which I know in Europe has done a huge amount. Um, 
and I think it's something we should be done more. Is that something that you're, you're thinking of doing? Yeah, so media training is a big part of what we're doing. Um, and it's not just the CEOs or the, or the jockeys or the trainers that need to be prepared for this. I mean, ultimately, the best spokespeople are the everyday people, right? So when a crisis happens, you actually want the people on the ground to be armed with the right information to be able to be pushing it out. So really, it's everyone's responsibility to be calling each other out on lazy language. And, and we're bad as an industry for that. Like, we'll say things like, you know, oh, the jockey slaughtered it. Well, you yeah. take that out of context to yeah, somebody right. down the street. Yeah. That means a whole lot of different things to just losing a bit of money, right? Yeah. I mean, even terms we use every day, like breaking in. We need to finish with the breaking in, right, and change it to educating and starting. I mean, you guys know, it, there's nothing breaking about it. I mean, it's a beautiful yeah. process. Yeah, um, you know, even even the way that we refer to the whip sometimes is the stick, you know, yeah. or the, like, these devices are completely different tools to what they were 20 years ago. You know, the, 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 the whip that was used on Bone Crusher and our Waverly Star yeah. was a very, very <laughs> aggressive <laughs> tool compared to what they use today. So we've got to get better at calling each other out. And actually it starts a lot of the time with the stewards' reports. A lot of stewards' reports can be very colloquial in their language and they, they use terms like breaking down. Well, you don't say to a, that a footy player is broken down on the rugby field, do you? Yeah. You say he did a hamstring. Yeah. Well, why not give that same respect to the horse and say, Horse didn't break down, okay? The horse um, injured its left fore tendon, yeah. you know, or, you know, instead of it was a bleeder, you know, it suffered ERPH, you know? Yeah. Like, actually call it the proper medical term. You don't hear these slang words used for human athletes. Yeah, so why are we using them for equine ones? And I think changing the way that we we have those conversations, and it's quite hard because it's really entrenched. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you naturally fall to it. So... Yeah. It's going to take time, but I think over time we can get there. Mm. Definitely. And, I mean, that's something which will hugely help uh, to change the, the public perception of racing. Um, and as I'm probably going to feel later, you, you can't... Um, sometimes you feel sorry for people that come off and they say, I wish I hadn't said that, or I wish I hadn't done that. And it's mainly due to a lack of um, experience and training. So I think that that's definitely something which would be really useful. I think a lot of people just aren't aware. They're like, gosh, I didn't even think, I didn't even yeah. think that was going to be an issue. So... You know, and, and on the on the Light Up Racing website that you'll see, see you know, it's just lightupracing.com, um, there's a section there called the PR Hub, and then there is what to do if you get a, you know, you're going to have a microphone thrust in your face, you know, in five minutes, what you can just quickly prepare. And that is just get some, you know, key messages, get your phrase for how to pivot a question if away from what you want it So. You would see the master of, of media. Gay Waterhouse is one yeah. of the best at it, right? She best. doesn't answer the question that she's given. <laughs> she goes about it in a roundabout way and gives the message she wants to actually deliver. And that's yeah. a very um, specific tactic that anyone can utilise really effectively. Yeah, absolutely. And just obviously with a bit of a focus on that light up, uh, unfortunately you won't be in, here in Kentucky forever. Who can we look to sort of... Uh, you mentioned earlier the stakeholders, but who can we sort of look for going forward when you're based over in Aussie? So we'll be, um, we'll be driving a lot of initiatives um, you know, out of various places. We're really focusing the first three months on Kentucky yeah. because, of course, the, the derby here is uh, the pinnacle. It's when the, a lot of the heat is placed on the industry, and we know that this year um, we've got two confounding variables that are going to make more of an impact, one being 
Derby 150, the other thing, having this documentary, Broken Horses, is going to come out yeah. a couple of weeks before. So we're going to need to be really proactive on messaging around that time. Um, and we'll have quite a few activations going on around that. And then um, yeah, we're building out a team here. So yeah. there'll be announcements coming out soon with, with um, who the Light Up Racing team's going to be. Awesome. And I obviously know from the uh, kick-up website, it's easy enough to share a story on Instagram. Will it be similar to Light Up very soon? Yeah, very much so. And we encourage you guys you know, to steal our stuff. Like, yeah. We want people to grab it and chuck it up and, and you know, to... to use it all the time, grab um, statistics, grab sentences. We'll produce pieces and little bite-sized information so you can literally go and copy and paste or grab the graphics and use them yourself. So, yeah, ultimately the, the, the power of information spread, it's far more powerful when it comes from an individual rather than yeah. coming from a company or a brand name. So you're actually, people are twice as likely to view something as credible when it's delivered by a friend on Facebook rather than given by a brand or an institution. So, uh, you know, we look to these the Jockey Club or, or, or Naira or, or Breeders' Cup to put out this content, but ultimately you guys jumping and grabbing it and dissecting it and putting it out yourself is going to be far more effective. Yeah, absolutely. That's super to hear because it's uh, something we can all do um, and it is our industry, as you said earlier on, so it's important that we protect it. Um, is there anything else you'd like to, to address or have we taken up too much of your time already? No, I mean, it's been great to have you along. But no, I just encourage everyone to get involved. You know, what we really need is, is um, people jumping on board and, 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 as you said, taking responsibility uh, for our industry because, you know, instead of always looking to the leaders or, you know, to, to try and drive this change, we need to, you know, buckle up and, and get stuck in and do it ourselves. Yeah. So. We can, you know, and, and that's what Light Up will provide the path for everybody to, to do their part. And, and some will do more than others, but jeepers, if we all get stuck in um, and start impacting 10 people, that snowball effect, yeah. it'll turn the perception around in no time. No, absolutely. We've all got one of these, so let's uh, use them properly. They're pretty easy. We've all got Instagram, we've all got Facebook, we've all got Twitter. So uh, look out for Light Up Racing. It'll be coming very soon, and share it as much as you can. I'm Mitch Whelan, George Connolly, and this is Vicky Leonard. Thank you very much for your time. See you later. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs>